Less than $6,000 for jobs in other parts of the economy. Thanks to those high wages, each technology employee helps create another three jobs by eating out at local restaurants, buying goods in local stores, and purchasing new homes. So far, however, the emerging Palestinian technology sector has not been able to create enough opportunities to turn the local economy around or to stem the territory's long-running brain drain. Every year, around 2,500 Palestinian students graduate with degrees in fields related to information technology. But since local technology jobs remain scarce, many of them must either leave their chosen profession or leave the territories. Both types of exoduses damage the economy. This situation is all the more frustrating because a huge market awaits would-be Palestinian technology entrepreneurs. In recent years, Arabs in the Middle East have adopted new technologies faster than people anywhere else in the world. The number of Arabic-speaking Internet users has soared from an estimated 5 million in 2001 to more than 170 million today. The proportion of the population using smartphones in the countries of the Gulf Cooperation Council, GCC, Bahrain, Kuwait, Oman, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates is among the highest in the world. E-commerce is also growing quickly throughout the region. Frost & Sullivan, a consulting firm, has estimated that by 2018, it will reach $10 billion a year in the United Arab Emirates alone. Yet Arabic language internet content has not kept pace. Startups have only recently begun to supply the sorts of sites and services in Arabic that Western users have flocked to for years. Part of the problem is that Western technology companies don't have a firm grasp of Arab cultural and purchasing norms. For example, few people in the Arab world use credit cards online. Western technology firms have generally avoided making investments in the region, preferring to focus on larger and more familiar markets closer to home or in Asia. Technology sectors have sprung up in recent years in several Arab countries, notably Dubai, Egypt, and Jordan, but they are still small. If Palestinian entrepreneurs can find a way to fill some of these gaps, they will transform their society. To understand the potential impact, look no further than next-door Israel. In the mid-1980s, the Israeli economy still reflected the country's socialist origins. Per capita GDP was around $6,000 in today's dollars. Growth was sluggish, inflation was rampant, and the country's best-known export was oranges. Today, by contrast, Israel's per capita GDP stands at $36,000. The country has refashioned itself into a global technology leader with a concentration of entrepreneurial activity and success second only to that of Silicon Valley. Spurred by its excellent schools and universities, military conscription, strong links to the United States, and several government programs to encourage investment in high-tech startups, Israel has truly become the startup nation about which Dan Senor and Saul Singer first wrote in 2009. To be sure, the Palestinian economy is currently even weaker than Israel's was in the mid-1980s. The territories also lack several elements that contributed to Israel's growth. A powerful military that funds technology research, an influx of engineers and scientists from the former Soviet Union in the early 1990s, and, of course, sovereignty. The occupation and the persistent threat of violence drive talented young people away from the West Bank and Gaza, prevent many Palestinians from adopting advanced technologies, make traveling to and within the territories more difficult, and discourage foreign investment. What's more, the Palestinian educational and legal systems are in dire need of reform. 
Schools generally focus on rote learning rather than critical thinking, and local laws do not allow Palestinian companies to use various legal and financial tools, such as issuing preferred shares for investors or stock options for employees that technology companies elsewhere rely on. Still, Palestinian society today shares many similarities with pre-boom Israel. Like Israel in the mid-1980s, the Palestinian territories have a small domestic market and few natural resources, so growth must come from a well-educated workforce that can export to the wider world. Like Israel, the West Bank and Gaza boast a young and educated population, a sizable network of well-placed expatriates working in technology companies, and access to a vast potential foreign market. Israeli companies have traditionally targeted consumers in the United States. Palestinian startups could target the 390 million inhabitants of the Arab world. The technology revolution.